Pittsburgh Steeler fans, how are you guys doing this wonderful evening? Uh, as always, uh, you are tuning into another episode of Beck in Black. Um, this week, uh, Channel uh, AFC North, our uh, opponents uh, that we'll see six times hopefully this year. Um, as always, I'm uh, deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, uh, Michael Beck. Um, Pleasures always to uh, be sitting right beside Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight, sir? Doing good, man. Doing good. Perfect. Um, I guess we can roll right into stuff here. Um, just off the the top, uh, there's been some like injury news a little bit uh, in uh, in Steelers land, but uh, it seems like nothing's too serious. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, kind of what happened to Kevin Dotson and uh, I, I guess uh, backup uh, tight end there, Dax Shepard? That's Raymond. Raymond, uh, whatever Raymond. his name is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's. They just worked out someone uh, new, they, another they tight end. So I don't even know if he's going to be kept around. But it was good hearing Kevin Dotson. That's a short term thing because that that guy. I loved his college film. I have a lot of high hopes that he can he can get into the rotation and be be a guy that steps up maybe next year or the year after that and becomes a real player. Yeah, you know, with that too, I thought it was uh, interesting that uh, Ben really spent a moment with him. Uh, obviously, throughout the years, like you kind of hear stuff that Ben and the rookies don't get along too much. Um, yeah, he uh, he kind of he hovered around him a little bit, like a first year player, helped him off the field. Do you think there's some significance there? Is, is Ben kind of uh, developing before before our eyes? I I think it's a focus on his part. I think he. Like uh, they've talked about it that year away, man. He he's come back hungry, and I think he's just he's got a little bit more focus, a little more team focus. A little, he's just all in, you know. Right now, he is all in on whatever he has left, trying to win a championship. Because if he gets three, man, <laughs> he's in he's in rare air if he has a third title. Yeah, you, you know what? Uh, I think if he gets that third, uh, I think. Uh, I think it'll be pretty unanimous how uh, Steelers fans really think of him, not just when it comes to our team, but uh, in the grand scheme of the entire NFL. But standing uh, in his way, our uh, kind of topic tonight, um, off the top here, we'll, we'll spend our first half of the show talking about the Baltimore Ravens and how the Steelers match up against them. Um, obviously, uh, Baltimore is bringing in the league MVP for his third season, second at the helm of the quarterback uh, spot for the Baltimore Ravens again. Uh, Lamar Jackson, do you think uh, he is someone that can repeat this award, or was uh, was that his uh, Dan Marino 1984 year? Is, is that his peak? It will be very interesting to see that. Uh, teams have a whole offseason. Baltimore obviously has a whole t- has a target on their back. Teams have seen what their offense is going to bring, uh, and it's 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 going to be a difficult to repeat that. Especially, especially last year, they did it with like very little wide receivers. You know, very little from their wide receivers. It was all running game, tight ends, running backs. So, it'll be interesting to see how Lamar develops, but also how that offense and the players around him develop. Yeah. Now, now I, I do want to ask about the receivers, um, but uh, we'll uh, we'll wait on that a little bit. Um, sticking with Lamar. Um, he throws uh, he throws a wrench really at this defense. Do you think the Steelers will be better prepared? Um, obviously, in that in that first game, the, the only matchup they played against him, they, they held him in check in Pittsburgh. But uh, he is obviously a, a rare talent and a different player. Is this team uh, built to stop him? I I kind of think they are. Uh, we are really good against running quarterbacks as long as uh, Keith Butler's been in charge and Bud Dupree has been healthy. The Steelers have stopped 
quarterbacks from running much. Like they really don't gain much in the way of yards. If you look at uh, their matchup, especially in week 17, we really tipped our hand and said, you know, what, we're going to come in there and hit RG3 every single play. If if it's, I mean, every single play, when he hands it off, we're hitting him. If, if you're a running threat, we can put a little push on you. We can put a hit on you, put a little shoulder into you and get away with that. They're not going to call that as much. Uh, if the NFL doesn't call that, Steelers are going to do that. They're going to rough him up a bit, just even on plays where he just hands the ball up. Someone's going to be coming to hit him to neutralize that double threat. And that's that's a great answer to him. That really is a great answer to how to deal with him. Uh, so we we do. The Steelers, the Steelers have a good game plan for dealing with him. And, you know, they've dealt with other running quarterbacks well, too. Uh, they they tried to handle Patrick Mahomes that way, uh, where they tried to keep him in the pocket, keep him from running the ball, keep him from scrambling around. But it, it, he's got a cannon of an arm, and he just tore him apart in the passing game. Right. No kidding. Now, Terry Acuna in the live chat asks uh, you, Jeffrey, would Devin Bush ever be a, a, a QB spy lining up against the Ravens? They've done that. They have done that for uh, passing plays where he, he will watch – uh, you can kind of tell he's reading that uh, for like an RPO. He's reading the run option, and once it's in Lamar's hands, he's kind of he'll kind of take that middle zone. But he's always watching Lamar. The Steelers run a lot of zone against the Ravens, a lot of zone, and as long as you can run zone against the Ravens, you've got multiple players looking at Lamar Jackson. Uh, the problem is if if you're playing man against the Ravens, you've got a bunch of guys with their back turned. You almost have to have that spy. And then you don't have as much pass rush, so I I can see it. Uh, Devin Bush has done that, but it's not it's not their primary uh, it's not their primary option. But they can do that. They will do that when they're in man. You'll see the him or Terrell Edmonds or kind of a, a, a split where you'll see you know a Hilton blitz and whoever's on the other side is kind of spying. Right now, that uh, Ravens team a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, uh, they put up the most combined rushing yardage. Any team in the history of football, which yeah. is uh, pretty outstanding to say the least. But then they go out and they add uh, J.K. Dobbins, uh, running back out of Ohio State, that a lot of Steelers fans were kind of hoping uh, would land here in Pittsburgh with the, uh, our second uh, round pick a year ago, or I, I guess a couple months ago, really. But um, the combination of uh, Mark Ingram and Dobbins, and of course Jackson in that backfield, do you think uh, do you think there's going to be a three headed monster, or do you think someone's going to be starved uh, for carries there? Well, there was a lot of carries to go around last year. Uh, people probably remember how much Gus Edwards destroyed the Steelers in Week 17. Uh, with that threat, with that offensive line last year, they were really, really destroying teams in the run game. It, it didn't matter who they lined up there. Of course, uh, Mark Ingram brings some serious power. Lamar Jackson brings some serious speed. When you have Dobbins back there, like they, they could put all three back there and do that. Have Dobbins, Ingram, and Lamar Jackson – you got three guys, you know, one that's really powerful and, and two that are really fast. Right. Now, you, you mentioned the offensive line. Of course, Marshall Yanda uh, retires this offseason. Is that uh, impact really going to uh, send shockwaves through that uh, Ravens offense? It could. It could. That That's that's a big retirement. That's a that's like Alan Fanica leaving the Steelers. That That's a big deal. They have uh, – they still have great tackles. But the inside is there's there's some serious question marks there. They might have um, between you know when you discount the Bengals because who knows what they have on the offensive line. Uh, they might have the third 
best and they might be third behind both the Steelers and the Browns for interior offensive line. And that, that could be a big deal. That could be a big deal, especially against the Steelers. If we have Stefan to it, Cam Hayward on the inside, you know, that that's going to be hard for them to do anything up the middle. And of course, going outside, they didn't have a lot of success going outside last year. So, so we could really, we could really do some damage there if that, if that doesn't work out, but Marshall Yand is definitely a big loss and that puts a big question mark on their interior line. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It, it really uh, it, it really will be interesting to see how teams kind of double-team the Steelers front seven and who they're really going to key on. Obviously, T.J. Watt's going to be a, a big name uh, uh, amongst uh, the guys on that front seven. But in situations like that, Cam Hayward and Stefan Tewitt are going to have a much easier matchup not facing Marshall Yanda. Yeah. Um, kicking it back to those running backs, though, do, do you think there's one guy that uh, is going to lead this team in rushing or – is uh is this going to be a, a year that we potentially see a, a quarterback uh, leading the team, perhaps even leading the league in rushing yards? I don't think that's likely. I think uh, I think they brought in Dobbins. They they still have you know they've got a lot of running backs in there, and they're gonna they're gonna use them all, especially if you're running that much. If you're running that much, I you have to have multiples. Um, I expect Mark Ingram to lead the team simply because. Establishing that power run with Lamar Jackson, you know, being the speed option, that's just a great combo. If teams are sitting there reading Lamar and Mark Ingram can just pull off four or five yards every carry, it, you, you've won the game. Right. And, and then I, I pose a question, how many uh, how many thousand-yard rushers are they going to have? I'll stick with one. I don't, I don't, I don't see a team – I don't see them pulling off – 2,000-yard rushers, uh, Gus Edwards is going to get carries, Dobbins is going to get carries, Lamar is going to get carries. But I think Ingram's going to be your only big-time you know, runner. He's going to be your most stable, consistent runner. Right, and it, it's interesting. The Ravens have used kind of that tight end position probably better, especially when it comes to drafting and developing, than most of the league. Um, obviously, Hayden Hurst uh, gets traded out, but um, the, the guy at the top of that depth chart continues to be Mark Andrews. He's uh, given the Steelers fits in the past before um, what kind of uh, what kind of impact does he bring to the team and what can the Steelers do to stop him? Well, he led their team in targets last year. Uh, we'll see if that continues, uh, but he is good lined up in line. He also did a lot from the slot. I believe he led all tight ends in yardage from the slot, including guys like Travis Kelsey, who's, who's deadly out in the slot. Mark Andrews was number one. Uh, they love to move to come big and move their tight ends outside. Uh, that's especially something they did a lot against the Steelers. They, they put in two tight ends, a fullback, a running back, one wide receiver. And then all of a sudden the tight ends are out, you know, the, the fullbacks outside tight ends in the slot tight, you know, and, and Hollywood Browns in the other slot. You've got TJ Watt, Max, you know, TJ Watt and Bud Dupree sitting there matched up on a wide receiver because they got us into a three, four set where they're outside linebackers and they have to drop into coverage. We can. They love doing that to us. They love doing that to everybody. Uh, so I expect that to continue, and and Mark Andrews to be a huge problem to deal with. Right, and you know what? When uh, you move out a little bit further, like you touched on earlier, uh, those wide receivers. Honestly, when I looked at that Baltimore Ravens team a year ago, I wasn't really too too worried about that matchup. Just looking at their offensive skill depth, it seemed like they're really thin. It just. Uh, Lamar Jackson just was really able to do his thing. Um, yeah. But 
recently, um, Baltimore has been able, uh, I think they are going to work out Des Bryant. Um, I believe that's happening tomorrow. Um, of course he's had some time away from the NFL now. Um, he was a true number one wide receiver though, when he was playing in uh, Dallas, could he tip the scales in their favor? And is, is he someone that could still produce that wide receiver? I don't, I don't think you'd see a lot of production from him. Uh, I remember Plexico Burris towards the end of his career, you know, guys like that, they could come in, they could be a stable presence. They could catch some balls, run some smart routes, but they're still at that age. They're more of a third option. You know, he's not a Larry Fitzgerald. He's not going to be, you know, leading the team at this point in his career. So I'm not as worried about him. I, I, he'd be a nice third presence, but for me, that number two receiver spot is kind of locked down as Willie Sneed. They love that guy out of the slot. He does a lot for them. Yeah, he, he really does. Um, Logan DeLorenzo uh, in the live chat says, no team has ever won the, uh, the North three years in a row, and it won't start this year. Uh, do you agree with that? I do. I do agree with that. I, I think this is the Steelers' year to, to take it back. Um, kind of... <laughs> Giving away some of the other stuff I was going to say here, but uh, but we do, like I said before, we, we kind of have a good setup to beat Lamar uh, Jackson. The, the real concern to me is any team that can put an athletic receiving tight end in the slot and have a running back who can also catch, That's that means both our linebackers are in coverage. That means either, you know, either that or we're committing Vince Williams to a blitz and we're, we're going cover one, and that's – that's not where Minka's best. That's not where he shines. If teams can just sit there and be like, okay, we can put these guys both out. We can put our running back and our tight end out, and we know you're going to switch into this cover one. We know you're going to be, you know, blitzing Vince. They're going to be able to read us. We've got to be able to put, you know, linebackers in coverage. We have to be able to deal with both a tight end and a running back in the passing game. And that's that's going to be a thing in Baltimore, especially if Dobbins can show that he is a, he is a receiving threat. Right. And, Going back to those uh, wide receivers, obviously Hollywood Brown, when they played Miami, when Minka Fitzpatrick was still on the team uh, playing for the Dolphins, he kind of got ripped apart a little bit by uh, Hollywood. He was able to get over the top and I, I believe scored three majors in that game. Uh, why Why did the, that not really happen again uh, when uh, Minka was on the Steelers and obviously they played Baltimore twice? What, uh, what was kind of the big difference there between those two uh, those two teams? Against against the Steelers, Baltimore couldn't get anything going deep. Like they didn't get a lot going deep. Uh, they kept running a lot of underneath stuff, and Minka was deep. Minka stayed deep. He he was playing back there and and ready for anything. It was just kind of that situation where we sat Minka deep and said, "Okay, you know, we're taking that away with one guy. We're just having that gone." And also, also Hollywood Brown. Uh, I think is a better matchup against Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka in the slot, it's not his best usage, especially against guys like a Hollywood Brown who's just going to go with speed and quickness. Uh, Minka's very smart. He's physical in in the slot, but when it's just a speed quickness guy like, you know, Hollywood Brown, who is elite at both speed and quickness, that's not his, that's not a good matchup for him. It just isn't. And uh, Miami didn't have help deep for that. When we were facing him, it was Mike Hilton. And if you got deep, then you're going to deal with Minka Fitzpatrick. And, you know, that's that's more of a problem because Minka has a better position on you. And if you stay underneath, Mike Hilton is physical and tough and quick, and he can do all that. He can stay with him. 
Right. Now, before we talk about the Ravens' defense and how the Steelers' offense matches up against them, I want to ask you one more question about Lamar. Can the Steelers stop the league MVP? They can slow him down, and they can definitely put him into bad situations. Uh, I've, I've, I've liked all the film I've watched on Lamar. I think Lamar is a legitimate quarterback. Uh, I think a lot of the times what people see when they say, oh, Lamar can't be a good quarterback – is the limitations he has with wide receivers and the way that offense is designed. That offense isn't designed to play with a play from behind. It really isn't. Uh, and it struggles to do so. It's run through tight ends. That team is built around their tight ends. And you don't mount a comeback bid throwing to your tight end. You know, when Ben, when the Steelers were down and Ben needed a comeback, it was San Antonio Holmes. It was Antonio Brown. It was Mike Wallace. It was never Heath Miller leading the charge in a comeback bid. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right. No kidding. Now, on the flip side, the uh, Baltimore Ravens had have, uh, honestly, I think a pretty successful offseason when it comes to adding to their defensive unit. The biggest name uh, was obviously uh, via trade when they brought in Calais Campbell from the Jags. Does he uh, does he push their defense kind of to that next level? There's a couple There's a couple of players that, that I think could really help them in that regard. They were low in uh, sack rate. They were in the 20s in mm. sack rate, despite the fact that they were – they were they had their average defense. This is one of my favorite stats about their defense. They led the league in average lead when their defense took the field, and it was nine point one points. The average drive for their defense was a two score lead, and they were one of their one. They ended the season one of a top five defense in total numbers, but that's largely because they faced so few possessions because their offense was so dominant. If you look at like. Per drive stats, they were a top 10 defense, and at the same time, they were a terrible run defense. They were not a good run defense. But when your offense is scoring points and running up the score and you've got a two-score lead, you don't have to worry about that run. You're, sure, go ahead, run. Run the clock out because our offense will come on the field and run the clock out too, and you're, you're not going to be able to come back on us with that kind of a, a strategy. So that pass rush can be helped by two guys. Sorry, I'm getting off target there. Uh, Campbell is the big one, Clay's Campbell. Uh, the other one, uh, their their young guy they got last year, uh, draft pick, J-Ron. He ended up playing some. He's more of a pass rusher. Let me see if I can find him. I can't remember what his name is. <sighs> I lost his name. Whatever. Uh, but he's he's a good pass rusher. He was, uh, I think, a second or third round pick. And he played a lot last season. And it wasn't the best. Uh, but he he held up pretty well. They were actually better when he took over in the field. And they expect him, he has shown a lot of progress, shown a lot of pass rush. So they are should be better at pass rush this year. They should bring a better pass rush, which will help their defense. And they've also got a big focus on their run defense going on in their camp. How that works out will remain to be seen, especially when they lost uh, Josh Bynes, their linebacker, and they're trying to replace him with young guys. And in this offseason, that's a tough move. Yeah, it will be tough, especially for their first overall or first round pick, I should say. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Queen uh, coming out of LSU. 
Uh, some people say he was better than the two Devons as a prospect coming out uh, this year. Um, then the, the Steelers, uh, Devin Bush and uh, Tampa Bay's Devin White uh, uh, a year prior. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but um, do you think uh, Queen's a guy that could potentially be like a AFC defensive uh, rookie of the year uh, in uh, 2020? I don't think so. And I'm not, I'm not that sold on him. Uh, I liked him as a potential, you know, Mark Barron style linebacker who could step in and be better than him and, and kind of replace that role early. I actually liked the, him to the Steelers, uh, but he went, <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to go in the first round. Uh, he, he's going to be good in coverage, but again, he's young. He's kind of smallish. If if you can like what we saw with the Titans do to them, is he going to help you much in the run game? And how much is he going to be able to learn for a zone defense, for communication, for for switches, for things like that on that defense? Because if he's talented, but the defense has to run a more vanilla defense and more vanilla concepts, offenses are going to tear him apart. Like that that can be a net negative for them. Similar to how, how we struggled with Devin Bush until he really got going, you know, in, in the second quarter of the season, and our defense really took off. Right. Now, as an overall unit, um, who would you say has a better defense right now, the Steelers or the Ravens? Oh, I'd, I'd say easily the Steelers. The Steelers uh, put up the numbers they did with no help mm. from the offense, uh, not a lot of help from special teams. Like, they were doing it all them themselves. Uh, the Ravens' defense was had the best setup of any defense. They had the most favorable situation of any defense in the league. So yeah, they were they were good. Um, their their total stats put them in the top three, uh, but their their per drive stats were like ninth. I think they were ninth in yards and fifth in points per drive. So they're still a top ten defense by that you know by by per drive metrics. But they also they weren't on the field like the Steelers were. We all saw the Steelers, you know, get off the field, get off the field again, and then and then they're just back right on it again. And then they then they're giving up a long drive, and then like they're just desperate because they're always on the field. The the so I think the Steelers defense is the better defense. I also think they're deeper. Uh, Ravens don't have a lot of depth, which again, if they're not on the field a whole lot, doesn't really come as much into play. Uh, now let's focus that a little bit more. When it comes to secondaries, um, of course, uh, the Steelers, I believe it's one of their most deep positions. Uh, Joe Hayden, uh, Hilton, Steven Nelson, Minka Fitzpatrick. There is a long list of really good defensive backs. The Ravens kind of struck gold when they traded for Marcus Peters. Uh, Marlon Humphreys is one of the best young corners in football. Earl Thomas is still uh, still one of those one of those ballers, man. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think uh, do you think the, the Ravens or the Steelers have a, a better uh, secondary? Uh, corner. See, I'm going to split this because I okay. think they're about equal. Uh, cornerbacks is goes to the Ravens. Uh, Marlon Humphreys is is legit. Patrick Peterson is solid. Uh, I'd take both our corners over Patrick Peterson myself, but he's still really good. Uh, Mar- Marcus Marlon Peters Humphreys is really good. <laughs> and uh, but their safeties, I'm I'm taking Edmonds and Fitzpatrick over over their guys. Right. No, I, I totally agree, especially with the loss of Tony Jefferson, who still is a free agent. So I suppose uh, suppose they could uh, get uh, get back together. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Now, when uh, we look at the two matchups this year, obviously, um, obviously that first one, uh, Thanksgiving, 
uh, in Pittsburgh. Um, it uh, Those Thursday night games really uh, favor the home team. Obviously, the home field advantage is going to be a little weird this year. But uh, you can also factor in that uh, holiday games, usually there's a much higher win percentage of the home team as well. Um, can the Steelers shock uh, Baltimore in uh, in their first matchup? I think I think that's a pretty good game for the Steelers to win. Uh, I, Thursday nights at home, Tomlin has those guys rolling. Uh, Thursday nights on the road, the Steelers are absolutely awful. Uh, but then Thursday nights on the road, the Ravens are awful under Harbaugh. It's that's a consistent thing. Uh, if this was at the Ravens, if this was in Baltimore, I would I would be pretty much guaranteeing that the Ravens would win. But in Pittsburgh, I, I give the Steelers the edge there. Just it's a Thursday night game. Whoever is the home team, you know, is gonna do the best. Right. Like now, yeah. <laughs> when you uh when you factor in that second game, is uh, is this gonna be a split? Uh is it gonna be one one for either team, or could Pittsburgh potentially knock off the reigning AFC North champs uh in both games? They could. They could. Uh, that'd be tough, though. That's going to be tough in Baltimore. Um, I'm trying to remember when, when that. I want to say it's week sixteen. I had that all written down, <laughs> but I, I can't remember right now. Um, so I think I think they split it. I think it's most likely that they do they do split that. Uh, but it should be both. Both could be good games. You got you know. I think we could pull it out. We could pull out a win on the road. Right. Now, one less, last uh, Ravens question before we look at uh, the two Ohio teams. When you uh, combine the two coaches uh, and you're looking uh, head-to-head, Harbaugh versus Tomlin, who would you rather have at the helm of your team? I'd take Mike Tomlin. I, I don't like <laughs> I don't like John Harbaugh. He is a really good coach. I don't like him. I don't like the... Uh, when they, when you say when you say someone plays like a raven, I'm not as you know I'm not as big a fan of that play. You know I'm not I'm not a big fan of those players. I like the Steelers, you know, whole organization better. I like our vibe. I like the way we hold our, conduct ourselves better than the Ravens do. And some of that is just I don't like the Ravens. You know, as a Steelers fan, we don't like the Ravens, so it's easy to not like their coach. But uh, they're pretty close. They're pretty close. I, I think Tomlin's a better coach overall. Right. You know, the one thing I will give uh, Harbaugh a little bit of credit for is uh, some of the analytics that he uses that, uh, like, it says in this fourth and two situation on on this hash, on that side of the field, there's a 63% chance we'll get it if we run this play. I, I, I kind of wish the Steelers kind of did that a little bit more. Um, but um, it, it, it's one of those things where it's like your gut versus uh, – uh, what the numbers say. So it is, uh, it, it is definitely interesting to see how they run uh, their team. Or even last, even last season where they completely changed the offense just to fit Lamar. Like that's an incredible move they made and it paid off huge. It paid huge dividends for them. Right. No. And, and you know what? Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, they were as good as they were. If they didn't, I, I don't know if they're, if they're winning 14 games, but uh um, I guess we can move on to our second topic. Um, before uh, we uh, chit-chat a little bit about the Bengals and Browns, um, we'll uh, do a quick little sign-off here for part one. Um, if you're listening on our podcast platform, of course, you're on YouTube, just to keep sticking around. Uh, as always, uh, I'm Deputy Editor M- Michael Beck. If you're listening on that podcast platform, uh, you can catch me and uh, Mr. Jeffrey Benedict um, in part two, speaking Bengals and Browns.